electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people, my friends, I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We are caught in a foot race right now between the forces of inflation and the forces of deflation. In a field littered with not so hot quarters, botched supply chains, broken quarantines, and above all, higher interest rates, that is the setting. Yep, the race continued today. Deflation caught up a bit, allowing the Dow to gain 273 points, S&P climbed 0.69%, and then Nasdaq advanced 0.75%. But inflation is still winning the darn race. But we do have to look for anything that suggests we could someday get these problems under control, don't we? Because that's the only thing that will stop the Federal Reserve from pummeling the economy with a rapid series of rate hikes that we all fear, which makes it so we feel that this rally is doomed. There are some significant green shoots on the deflationary side, though. Now, for instance, if you caught the Colgate call, I know you probably didn't. I, I like calling it. Call the, call the conference call on Friday. Within the catalog of ever-increasing raw-cost woes, management dropped the real bombshell. CEO Noel Wallace, a hitter, got a question about margins and said, quote, we have developed our plans based on spot rates today, and we expect those spot rates to hold and begin to moderate towards the back half of 2022. So you see the raw materials potentially peak in the first quarter and then stabilize, potentially moderate in the back half. Wow! Holy cow, this is the kind of statement that's totally antithetical to all the hand-wringing we've been hearing from the food and consumer packaged goods inflation companies. Well, no one is thinking that raw costs are peaking other than Colgate. But then again, Colgate is that he's the head of one of the largest consumer product companies in the world. He's not a dope. He knows something. Hey, how about the semi-shortage, right? Semiconductors. Did you know the actual cost of the most basic of semis, the ones that are in short supply? Well, they're already starting to fall. Why? Because the shortage is easing up. Hey, get this. Stanley Black & Decker, which has a gigantic problem getting the larger chips than the DRAMs or, the, uh, or Flash, they're now expecting full availability come the next quarter. 
Now, we all know our port congestion problems are still the bane of our existence. Stanley Black and Decker thinks they may be worsening. But the more I dig into this issue, the more I believe these problems are man-made. Europe's putting port congestion behind it. I don't know if you saw the big numbers that we got from the continent. The uh, large port owners and shippers are working with very powerful unions to get things moving again much faster than we are. Why can't we do the same? Why can't President Biden knock some heads and start getting back, back like cargoes, the ones that are just kind of just sitting out there? Unloaded 24-7. America has the weakest unions of nearly any developed country. If the Netherlands can get the longshoremen to cooperate, so can we. Even as ours, the longshoremen are notoriously tough. This weekend, I, I went to one of the best restaurants I know in, in the town I live in. My wife ordered the bacon cheeseburger. They had no bacon. No bacon? Was it the Soviet Union? Sure enough, there's a bacon shortage nationwide. Now, I don't want to get political... But those in the industry tell me that it stems from another man-made act, the invalidation of a Trump edict that allowed hog slaughter plants to run without speed limits. First, I do not blame the United Food and Commercial Workers Union for taking the U.S. Department of Agriculture to court and winning. Who wants to work even harder in a slaughterhouse? I'm just pointing out that there's nothing inevitable about the bacon shortage. It's man-made. It can be unmade. You want fewer trucking de- delays and less pressure to find drivers? Then lighten up on the federal safety rules put into place uh, a year and a half ago. that limited driver times for safety. I personally would prefer safety. But if you're more terrified of inflation than sleepy truck drivers, straightforward fix. You want lower energy costs? Then all you need to do is to allow the natural gas that's trapped in the middle of the country to get to the northeast, where we still use oil. But it's almost impossible to get permits for new pipelines, so it's not going to happen. Man-made. We have tremendous factory absenteeism because of COVID or the fear of COVID. I get that. I, I, I got COVID. But the fact is we have a totally chaotic, dysfunctional system in this country where the FDA, NIH, and CDC are almost always at odds. We have all sorts of rules that make no sense, and we have human resources departments running programs that should be administered by public health personnel. How do I know this? Okay, again, go to the conference calls. The biggest beer importer to this country is Constellation Brands. They've been able to meet all the demands from Adele and Corona, which are incredibly fast-selling despite COVID. Now, how can they not be knocked back by absenteeism? Haven't they been crushed by COVID quarantines? No, because Constellation was smart enough to bring in actual medical professors. They've got doctors in their factories down in Mexico. Constellation didn't see COVID as a human resources issue. They recognized it as a health issue. So they came up with a health solution. And guess what? With doctors in the factory, 99% attendance. No missed shipments. Can you imagine that in this country? As I peel the layers off the rising prices, I keep finding deliberate rules and processes that are safer and cleaner and less authoritarian than anywhere else, but also promote inflation in a seriously negative way. At the same time, if you want to reshore manufacturing, make things better, end the supply chain woes, you have to build from the ground up. And we simply don't have capacity to build all the machinery we need because wages in the United States are just too expensive. Our companies are not going to do it unless it's subsidized by the government. So far, that hasn't happened. You want to make this stuff elsewhere if you want to save money. And even if you factor in the cost of cargo delays, it's still more expensive to make it here. Now, the chief reason why people believe the rate hikes must come fast and furious lies in the body of all the conference calls. See, so many companies saw such large raw cost increases last quarter that now they have no choice but to pass these costs on to you, the customers, by raising prices now and raising prices the whole quarter. And those price hikes are hitting you now. When you go to any store or restaurant in the next two months, you're going to see substantially higher prices. Yes, you are, as branded products try to catch up with what we lost from higher raw costs. Now, some, sure, some oil companies will start pumping more to take advantage of the higher prices. That could cap oil, something we covered last night off the charts. But most of the major oil producers have remained disciplined. 
discipline. They don't want to flood the market with supply. Maybe they'll take their cue from Exxon, which this morning told us it vowed to boost its Permian Basin production by 25%. Chevron's only doing 10%. That could easily happen. Maybe Iran comes back to the table in the nuclear deal, instantly be free to export its oil. Those are two things that could bring crude down to the 70s. That would quell the terror of five rate hikes this year. And yes, tech companies will always find clever ways to keep costs lower. NVIDIA's got a digital avatar that can answer the drive-through conundrum. The whole process, 28 languages that digital twin can speak. Starbucks reported a weak number tonight. Maybe they call NVIDIA and they get this technology in for the drive-through windows. Can you imagine how many people would be freed up to go to other jobs at Starbucks? But nobody seems to be biting. Alphabet reported tonight, they make self-driving cars. They were supposed to be the future, and they were supposed to help us with inflation. So the bottom line, the foot race is being won by the forces of inflation, not just because of a head start, but because the forces of deflation are running with leg irons, man-made leg irons that we as a society have agreed to. And in many cases, this stuff is the cost of safer, better, freer society. And I think it's worth the price. But make no mistake, the price is real, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Chase in California, please, Chase. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Booyah. So eBay is trading at just a 3 P.E. ratio with low debt and over $2 billion of free cash flow. Has eBay had a bad rep with Wall Street analysts in the past? With the holiday quarter reporting soon and people being able to find their iPhones, sneakers, and other gifts on eBay, how would you value the fundamentals of this name compared to an Amazon or Etsy who has expanded into different markets? Well, I mean, first, it is selling at a little higher multiple than you say. Second, uh, I have to hear PayPal tonight. Now, PayPal is very disappointing. I talk about a lot of the wins that I have with the club. AMD has been a win. Google's good. Alpha's good. PayPal's a disaster. Uh, and PayPal, I have to hear and listen before because I know it's deeply related to eBay. And uh, when I see a disaster, I think there's great repercussions. I wish I didn't have to use that word. But I like to own my mistakes. Most people don't. Wayne in Ohio. Wayne. Who day, Jim? Yo, Wayne. He's calling about Whirlpool stock. I noticed it's been down about 30 points in the past month. Just seeing, do you see this as a worst up stock or not? Um, this was a stock that, frankly, the conference call wasn't that good. Uh, I, like, I like Mr. Bitzer very much, but I didn't feel that they had, uh, they got some roll cost problems. And I also think that they are caught up in if the Fed raises rates. So even though it sells at seven times earnings, I, I can't uh, – I'm concerned. Call me concerned. I just did not think the quarter was that great. Let's go to Mark in Iowa, please. Mark. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. I'm a young, new investor, and I just want to thank you for all your help and guidance in learning the market. Uh, my question about is about Zillow, ZG. Uh, I know they went down a lot in November due to that house flipping issue, but I was wondering what you think of the stock. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they were not that humble about it. Uh, I like humility. Humility gets you a lot further than arrogance. Uh, they simply have not delivered. There are other, other situations that I think are better out there. What can I say? All right, look, inflation is winning. And I hope I explained to you why in some very simple examples that are magnified throughout our economy. And ones I gave you are going to get worse before they get better. On Mad Money tonight, Kathy Wood's ARC has fallen from its highs. But could her top holding single opportunities levels? Let me give you my take. It's going to surprise you. Then looking for the best bargains in this market? 
I'm taking a closer look at the once hot medical device makers, sharing which might be worth picking up for the long term. And as Brunswick stock sinks, could the business continue to soar? I'm discussing this odd dichotomy with the company's top brass. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. I never thought I'd say this, but after looking over the largest positions of Kathy Wood, the best money manager of 2020, and one of the worst of 2021, I, I really like what I see. After being relentlessly pulverized, her stocks now represent some excellent opportunities. Now, last Thursday, I joked about betting against her, ruining my dry January with some excellent SARC. No, not cutty SARC, but the cute ETF that stands for short ARC, S-A-R-K, the name of Wood's family of funds. But now that growth stocks have started rebounding, I'd rather bet with her. In retrospect, maybe that segment was the sign that the Wood stocks were ready to bottom. All right, now let me run down the list of the top holdings for flagship ARC Innovation ETF. What's inside the ARC? Starting with the biggest position, Tesla. Even after all these years, Tesla doesn't have much meaningful competition. Its cars sell well everywhere. The fact that Elon Musk can sell out in China and will almost certainly sell out in Berlin is nothing short of incredible. I think he's the best there is. Yet right now, his stock is down nearly uh, like 300 points from its high. That's a very good level to buy. A story leaked out today about Ford accelerating its EV plans. They need 10 to $20 billion to get where Musk is now. But where will Musk be then? Second, Zoom. Zoom video. Full disclosure, my stepson works there. If people have a choice for their video conferencing platform, they choose Zoom. It's the cheapest and it's the best. While the stock has been joined at the hip to the pandemic, I think Zoom is only a couple of acquisitions away from permanently embedding itself in the enterprise. And boy, they got a ton of cash to do it. Now, I know it's not a takeover target, although I wish they could merge the, I don't know, Dell buys them. Still, Zoom's got a great balance sheet, and we know they wanted to acquire 5.9, even if that deal failed. I bet they can find something even better now. But Zoom needs to acquire something, or else they will wither. They have staying power here, but not growth. 
They need both. And I think they'll get it if they do some deals. I like the position. Third Arc Innovation Holding, really quizzical. Teladoc. We keep hearing that there's intense competition in the telemedicine space. Yet when I ask people who they use, they almost always say Teladoc because it's got a great array of good doctors from all different kinds of verticals. Last month, they spoke at Lisa Gill's J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference, and they raised their revenue forecast. She loves the stock, by the way. Teladoc's growth is strong. Its lead is real. And the numbers are incredible. 76 million paid members in the U.S. It seems nuts to me to sell the stock down here. It's at $80, for heaven's sake, down from 308 a year ago. That's a steal. Fourth, wow, this one's been pulverized, Roku, which makes the technology lets you stream video from the Internet to your TV. Now, this one has fallen from 490 to 166 as the pandemic winners have fallen out of favor. But Roku is an incredibly lucrative business with a fantastic balance sheet. I can't believe it's fallen this far when the company's barely begun to scratch the surface of international. Hey, remember when Netflix went international? And there might not even be the slowdown many investors anticipate because there are so many streaming offerings and Roku's the backbone of that. I know the next quarter will be a tough But so does everyone else. So I like this setup. Fifth, I'm not a fan of Coinbase simply because of how they've comported themselves. These guys are just too arrogant for me. However, if you want a publicly traded proxy for crypto, you don't have any other decent options. Coinbase has an incredible growth rate, and the stock trades at less than 30 times earnings. That's down huge from not that long ago. Okay, it's not my favorite. Could do worse. Six, Exact Sciences is a tremendous quandary to me. They make the take-home stool test for colorectal cancer much more pleasant than a colonoscopy. They're also working on other cancers, and they just made this terrific little acquisition called Prevention Genetics. That's going to accelerate the hereditary cancer testing business, which is a huge business. I also wish they'd just buy 23andMe and put them out of business. That's been a disastrous spec. Either way, though, Exact Sciences has been cut in half to the point where it's no longer expensive, even as the business remains excellent. Seventh, there's only one metaverse company that can rival NVIDIA or meta platforms. It's the art, that's the artist formerly known as Facebook. And that's Unity Software, which makes essential software for video game developers, especially mobile games. If I were Disney, I'd raise some money to buy Unity and keep CEO John Riccatello to run these efforts. These guys can design anything you want and also help develop games that dovetail perfectly with Disney's ESPN or anything they want to do in the metaverse. They can put a camera on every skilled player in your fantasy lineup. It's impossible not to love these guys, but only Kathy Wood seems to like Unity right now. I think it's the most valuable metaverse play out there. And even if the metaverse fizzles, it's a great video game play. Eighth, I actually don't know much about gene editing, but I recognize it's the future of medicine. Wood likes Intellia Therapeutics, one of the pioneers of using CRISPR for gene editing. I defer to her judgment here. Wood hasn't always been, uh, it's not that great at timing, but she's terrific at identifying the best players in a given industry. This one might be it. Ninth is Twilio. Okay, come on. The software company that powers pretty much every interactive app or website you get from me- uh, messages from, this stock has been cut in half because they didn't put up the best numbers and because it's actually, you know, it's actually the kind of money loser that went out of style in November. Still, I can't believe how much Twilio has fallen, given that no one disputes that they are the gold standard for direct interaction with your customers. I've warned you away from stocks like Twilio for months, but at these levels, you have got my permission to go with Jeff Lawson and own it as long as you're willing to be patient. Worst case, someone like Salesforce comes in and just buys them. Tenth, Spotify reports tomorrow. You know what? I think the reports of its demise are greatly exaggerated. People seem to regard Spotify as a second-rate Netflix for music and podcasts. They just got billions of dollars in free publicity thanks to Joe Rogan's bizarre musings. And this business controversy is good for subscriber growth. I have to tell you, this is a very good work-from-home company. I think that Spotify is going to put up some good numbers. Now, let me give you a couple of 
Kathy Wood bonus picks. She seems to love DraftKings. The field of contenders in online sports betting is vicious. But once we get past the big game, I believe many of them will wither and die. Not DraftKings, though. This is a war of attrition, and DraftKings has the capital and the will to win. And by the way, a great app. Time to bet on, not again, CEO Jason Robbins. My recommendation, buy half now, then another half that actually pulls back more than, say, 10 15%. Finally, I'm calling the bottom one of the stocks that would personally decreate a bottom, and that is Robinhood. Yeah, you heard me, Robinhood. Did you know that its Snacks email is the most read investment letter in the world with 40 million subscribers? Robin has had serious growing pains, and last year was a huge setback. It felt like the, the company was a toddler that suddenly had to become a teenager overnight. It took Robin Hood a while. They had to change up a lot of personality. They had to do a lot of different techs. But uh, they're now offering some pretty interesting information to go with the best trading app under the sun. There are only a few offerings away from being a real threat to the more established brokers. No, they're not there yet, and the last quarter was sloppy. But let me tell you something. Stocks don't bottom after pristine quarters. They bottom out after the last bad quarter. Here's the bottom line. Right now, I'd rather own than sell almost the entire arc of Kathy Wood portfolio. These growth stocks have come down enough that they're tempting enough to buy right here. And then you can buy a little more at lower levels if they keep going lower. As these companies at this price are now high enough quality that averaging down is no longer a stupid strategy. Stick with Kramer. Coming up, what stocks have the pulse of the medical device market in hand? Stay tuned for Kramer's thoughts on the health of this cohort next. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now that the smoke has cleared and we've made it out of January alive, it's not unscathed, 
I want to take a constructive approach to last month's indiscriminate sell-off. There's some bargains here. Rather than looking at the decline as a purely destructive event, the kind of thing that makes you want to take your ball and go home, which is what I'm always so worried about with club members, we have to view it as an opportunity. I want you to think of it as the stock market mall throwing a gigantic sale. You've got to go to the right aisles, though. Suddenly you got a chance to buy some of the best stocks out there at big discounts. So now that it feels like we've done some bottoming, let's say put it, Putting some work in for a bottom. How about that? It's time to pick among the rubble, searching for the best bargains. Right now, I think that some true steals are developing in the medical device space because of Omicron. See, these are secular growth stories, meaning they don't need the economy to get better, with richly valued stocks, but they've been annihilated along with the rest of the growth cohort ever since the Fed decided to get tough on inflation late in November. At the same time, the medical device makers have been very hard hit by COVID. As we've been pointing out for nearly two, week, two years, every time the pandemic flares up, hospitals get overwhelmed and people postpone all sorts of non-urgent surgeries, which is bad news for the medical device companies. However, it is only temporary, and people still need these procedures. They just get pushed out to some point in the future when there are more available hospital beds and there's less fear in going to a hospital. But this temporary problem has caused a real choppy start to earnings season for the medical device cohort. And it doesn't help that Wall Street's adopted a very unforgiving attitude to the high multiple stocks. Now, though, I think the high multiple sell-off has run its course for this group. And when Omicron also runs its course, I see the medical device stocks soaring. Powerful comeback. In particular, and you know I like this one, but I told you to wait, Edwards Life Sciences, okay? Intuitive Surgical, we've liked it for a decade on this show, maybe longer. Stryker, new to our list of things that we like. Let's take them all one by one. Let's start with Edwards Life Sciences, which makes, you might have seen them, they're on pretty recently. They make non-invasive heart valve replacements along with critical care and surgical monitoring gear. Uh, They don't have to, you don't have to crack the chest cavity to put their stuff in. It's a big innovation. We've been following this one for years. It's got a great update from the CEO, Mike Musalem. He was back in December. He told us a bullish story about 2022 and all the opportunities. Now, Edwards has got a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of new products. Between all of its businesses, the company could be looking at $20 billion debt, total addressable market, or TAM, by 2028. That's up from $10 billion today. More important, Edwards is number one in nearly all the markets where it operates, and they've expanded the range of uses for their devices. Their biggest products are heart valve replacements. But right now, they're only indicated for people with severe symptoms. The plan is to offer these things to asymptomatic patients and those with mild or heart problems. That's a gigantic new market. The one problem with Edwards going to the end of last year was that the stock had run up substantially to the point where it had gotten pretty darn expensive. Uh, well, that's why back in December I said we'd have to put it on our shopping list and then circle back if it comes down to a more reasonable level. Well, sure enough, Edwards has come down to a more reasonable re- level. It got hit with a high growth stock sell-off. Then when it reported last Wednesday, the results came in weaker than expected. Sales and earnings both coming in light, management giving not so hot guidance for the next quarter. Why? Because the Omicron variant has made it difficult for hospitals to perform non-urgent surgeries, like the ones I mentioned before. The procedures that use Edwards devices are being delayed. In response, the stock got hammered. At its lows, it was down down nearly 27% from its peak in late December. Although, after the rebound over the last few sessions, it's only down 18%. Still, that makes, I think, for a very good opportunity for a stock that very rarely comes in. So I like that. Next up, there's Stryker. 
This is new for me. This makes orthopedic implants, especially knees and hip replacements, along with surgical equipment and neurotechnology for head and spine injuries. Striker's another one that was trading at all-time highs when we came into the new year. But this one got derailed when we learned that they're buying Vocera Communications for $3 billion. Now, this is a digital care coordination play. Their technology can help alert nurses when a patient needs them. Far fewer false alarms than the current standard of care. Wall Street hated this news. Maybe they didn't like it because the Apple Watch does a good job. I don't know. But the deal had a high price tag. That's probably it. Fast forward to last Thursday, and Stryker reported a merely inline quarter with a slightly subpar outlook for 2022. Stock got hit hard at its lows on Friday, down more than 15% from its all-time highs from just a few weeks prior. Then the whole group cohort just bottomed, and now the post-earnings dip has been erased. Still, Stryker was at $281 early last month, and it's now it's $248. That's a discount that I like. Now, let's talk about... Long-time Kramer fave intuitive surgical maker of those Da Vinci machines, robotic surgery pioneer, helps get patients in and out of the hospital much faster by enabling less invasive procedures. I am a gigantic fan of Intuitive's business model. They sell their machines to hospitals for $2 million a pop, and then they charge for the consumables that are used for each procedure. It's kind of a classic razor-razor blade model that I like so much. However, because this is a high-flying growth stock, it tumbled from 370 at its peak in November to 286 today. Didn't help that Intuitive released some preliminary 2022 guidance about a month ago. The numbers came in a touch light, talking about 11 to 15 percent procedure growth. Wall Street was looking for 17 percent. Again, that's Omicron delaying surgeries. We know this stuff. Then when Intuitive Search reported its full-year results a week and a half ago, they gave us an update on the first few weeks of 2022. And the numbers were less than stellar. covid in other words, Edwards Life Sciences, Stryker, and Intuitive Surgical have all come down substantially from their highs because of the rotation out of growth and because the Omicron flare-up has delayed lots of their businesses. But those are both temporary problems. Of course, even after this pullback, none of the medical device stocks looks super cheap. Edwards trades at 38 times next year's earnings estimates. Stryker trades at 23 times next year's numbers. And Intuitive sells for 48 times next year's numbers. I'm not so bothered by that, though. In part, that's because this market has suddenly become a lot more sympathetic to growth stocks. In part, because these three medical device makers have actual earnings. These are not price-to-sale stocks. Mostly, though, it's because they're now back in line with their historic price-to-earnings multiples, or P.E. multiples. Take a look at this chart of Edwards Life Sciences. Okay, so you can see uh, the red line is its P.E., over the past four years, Edwards has sold for a little less than 40 times earnings the whole time. Uh, so it's actually at a slight discount right now. That's actually where, that's about as deep as you get for this. How about Stryker? Check out the chart. Stryker's price earnings multiple hasn't been this low since the COVID crash in early 2020. That's probably the cheapest of all of them. Slightly below its average valuation for the past four years. I'm teaching, I want to teach this multiple analysis because it's how big institutions do it. I need you to know it. Finally, intuitive surgical. Take a look at this. This one's as cheap as it's been at any point since the immediate aftermath of the COVID crash in 2020. So you've got the PE multiple really shrinking here. I think it's a great opportunity to own ISRG. Bottom line, now that the gross stock meltdown appears to be over, you want to go bargain hunting for high-quality companies with stocks that have been marked down for temporary reasons, especially if you think the Fed's going to slam the brakes on the economy, like so many now believe. I think that Edwards, Stryker, and most importantly, Intuitive Surgical, as soon as Omicron burns its way through the population, they're going to be able to bounce right back. And remember, Edwards, when they were on, told a great story out for multiple years. Let's go to Caroline in Ohio. Caroline. Hi, a big Buckeye who day. Done. Done. I like that. I like that. I like the enthusiasm, too, because you're bringing it. What's going on? 
Uh, we bought Dexcom years ago at 40, and now it's pulled back from its 52-week high. Do I hold, sell, or add to my position now? I think Dexcom is a remarkable company. We had, uh, we had them on very recently. They always tell a great story because they have one. Kevin Sayers, good. I don't want you to buy any more, though. Why? Because it sells at 150 times earnings. And we're just not recommending those stocks with that high a price to earnings multiple. Stan in Indiana. Stan. This is Stan. Go ahead. Who's this? It's Jim. Oh, Jim. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Terre Haute, Indiana, and I'm interested in the... Uh, uh, Walgreens boot stock, and wondered if it's a buy, sell, or hold. Boy, I was out with some people last night who know them so well. And we are all such believers, huge believers in Roz Brewer, who is the new CEO. And I think she is going to get you where you want to go. I say buy Walgreens. I say buy it. All right, post-Omicron, I think that Edwards, Stryker, new name for me, and ISRG should be able to bounce right back. Remember, we just had these guys, well, not that long. It's great technology. Now, much more men might end, including my exclusive with Brunswick. After reporting top and bottom line beat, is the stock ready to cruise into the sunset or just people giving up on it? Let's check with the CEO. Then there's one aspect of investing that makes me upset among younger investors. I'll reveal it constructively and discuss how a different thought process could help make you money. And then all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Sometimes even I can't understand why the market refuses to embrace certain stocks that seem to me like uh, pretty good opportunities. Take Brunswick Corp, BC, the maker of boats and engines that you might recognize as Boston Whaler, Marine, uh, Mercury Marine, among others. Now, look, here's a stock that roared from the spring of 2020 through the spring of 2021 as part of that whole COVID-induced outdoor renaissance. Since then, though, Brunswick stock has spent the better part of a year trading sideways, even as the company has put up one great quarter after another. Somehow, it never seems to matter. Most recently, Brunswick reported yet another excellent set of numbers last Thursday. Beautiful top and bottom line beat, fabulous full-year forecast. They're sold out. Management guided for $6.7 to $7 billion in sales. Wall Street was only looking for $6.44 billion. Talked about how $9.60 to $10.25 per share in earnings. And was looking for nine and a quarter. The stock has rallied more than 5% since then. But even after that move, it's still selling for less than 10 times earnings. Now, I think you've got to stick with this one because even as the stock sinks, the business is roaring. This isn't Peloton for heaven's sake. But don't take it from me. Let's check in with David Folks. He's the CEO of Brunswick. Get a better read on the quarter and his outlook for the future. Mr. Folks, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. So, David, I always was fearful that this would happen. Your numbers would go up. You would take share. Other boating companies would go down. And people would say, you know what? I'm not going to own Brunswick because the boating industry is faltering. At what point do people realize that it's not a cohort? It's a group of companies of which you're the most technological and advanced and therefore superior. Well, thank you for saying that, Jim. That's it's quite correct. You know, we have um, some really important parts to our businesses, including the boat business, but our engine business, which has gained tremendous amounts of market share, more than 500 basis points in high horsepower share in the U.S. just in the last year. Our Parts and accessories business, which is very high margin, very non-cyclical, and now accounts for something like 40% of our earnings. And, of course, um, Freedom Boat Club, which is another annuity model that is growing like crazy. So uh, we have a lot of growth levers, and they're really secular and long-term. In fact, 
we believe in them so much. We're so confident that we projected out until 2025 what our revenues would look like. And we're looking at something like $10 billion in 2025 due to these long-term secular growth levels. Well, do you think that it's one of those things where it just frankly has to prove itself out? I mean, because like this most re- Lawrence, this most recent acquisition is all this great technology. As someone who likes to fish, it's just fantastic. The, the Freedom Boat Club, and I'll be on Freedom Boat next week. Uh, I just think it's fantastic. And then I look at your, your expanding in Mexico. Fantastic that you're doing that. And I just say, you know what? I, sometimes you just have to say that the market is slow. I'm not saying it's wrong, because that's always dangerous to say. It's slow. It still hasn't caught on to the fact that your recurring revenue is so big. I think that's probably right, and we'll keep reinforcing it. In fact, we have an investor day coming up, Jim, in early March, where we'll once again reinforce the, those tremendous growth levers that we have. Really, if you think about it, you know, we're, we're still, of course, um, uh, it matters what, what the new boat market does, but it really doesn't matter as acutely to us as it might have uh, once done. We have many other growth, growth levers that are bigger, including those market share gains in proportion that are huge, including our parts and accessories business that really depends more on boat usage and is growing organically and inorganically. As you mentioned, bringing on a lot of new technology via that Navico uh, acquisition uh, just at the end of last year, and also um, buying into lithium battery technology uh, really big time, as well as other elements of electrification. So we have a lot of things going uh, beyond uh, the market, and we're very pleased with our projections for 2022. So even though we had incredible growth last year, we're still planning to grow in 2022, about 17% top line and around 20% EPS. And that is coming from all across our businesses, from propulsion, from parts and accessories, and from boats and Freedom Boat Club. And we expect those secular trends to continue. Now, do you think uh, that the way, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who has ever been able to just completely dominate a category, a public company. I mean, look, look, you have Netflix dominating streaming, and then someone else comes in. You have, you have Google dominating search. But, I mean, Brunswick in this period has become the dominant force in boating. I think people don't know how to value what is a dominant force in an industry that at times has done the wrong thing, where you're exercising a level of discipline that is just very unusual for the boating business. Well, our scale really helps us, of course, uh, Jim, not least as we approach things like supply chain disruption. If you think of what we were able to do last year in the face of a number of headwinds, our engine business produced 108% of its planned production. Our boat business produced more than 95% of its original planned production in a period where we were facing those headwinds. Part of that is our incredible depth, our vertical integration, and our scale and, and global nature of the company. So that is, really makes us a very resilient and powerful business. And that scale exhibits itself in a number of ways through the company. The way that we can um, invest in digital, the way that we can invest in technology, the way that we can uh, bring the supply chain along with us is very powerful and makes us an extremely robust uh, business. Yeah, but as, as a user, I just want you to keep spending to make your boats better. I mean, I think all of us, yeah. who, right? We don't, I mean, look, um, do I want a dividend? I always like dividends. Absolutely. Dividends, terrific. You've got one. But I mean, you have, if you could have the technology, say, to make it so that I wouldn't, you just say, listen, Jim, you press a button, the cover goes on. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, each time you do something, it changes how difficult it is to, to maintain a boat. It makes it easier and easier and easier. 
Well, you know, that, that's a great example, Jim. When we were last together, we talked about joystick docking that right. uh, really came in on some of our premium boats, particularly Boston Whaler and Searay. You may have seen that we just introduced a joystick docking system for pontoon boats. Yes. So it's technology that makes boating easier and more intuitive, particularly for newer boaters. That we introduced initially on premium product and then cascading it down across our uh, other product lines, including our value product lines. And we plan to continue to do that to make boating easier, more intuitive um, across the entire portfolio. You know, we've been really successful in attracting new people into boating, more successful than the industry in general, yes. both into our new boats and into freedom. And part of that is making boating easy and intuitive and accessible to many more people. And some of that is through technology enablement. They are very, very easy to, to, uh, to drive and to use. Now, I want to thank you so much to David Folk, CEO of Brunswick Corporation, BC. Always great to see you, David. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Yeah. Just chill out. Is this Chill Master Jay? The Chill Man is in the house. He's happy. The lightning round is coming up when Mad Money returns. It is time. It's over the lightning And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski Daddy's over the lightning round. Let's start with Bob, Wisconsin. Bob. Cheese head. Booyah. Booyah. Doctor. Thank you. Um, if I'm correct, our country is rich in natural gas. Um, with the uh, increasing pricing on natural gas and the international desire to go green, um, I, I can't help but think that there might not be a play on a little company called Golar. Yo, Golar is the play. Now, you have to understand these are trades, sir. They go up. And then they crater. Anyone who knows that there's some ones that have been involved in the shipping industry, periodically they have incredible runs, and then they're done. You own this for a trade, not for an investment. Tim in New York. Tim. Yeah, hi, Jim. Hey, hi, Tim. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Of course. It's my big opportunity to be a TV star like you. <laughs> Hardly a star. Go ahead. Thank I'm you. A, uh, I'm a recently retired um, I've recently retired, and I'm a new viewer and member of your investment club. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for joining. Big meeting Friday. Go ahead. I've seen enough to know that you're my alter ego. <laughs> I like hey, uh, I need uh, an objective opinion on the stock of my longtime employer, Corning Incorporated. They had a great quarter, sir. They had a great quarter, and they signaled that their solar business come back. They, they're, they're firing all cylinders. That was one of the best quarters of the year. And I think you got to stick with it. It's not done going higher. That's a very good company. It's really hitting all cylinders. Let's go to Matthew of Michigan. Matthew. Hey, Jim. Hey, Matthew. Looking to get your thoughts on a company that recently doubled its dividend, now yielding over 6%. Uh, sells at just six times earnings. What do you think of Camping World, CWA? Oh, I like Camping World. I don't really understand the pricing. It's, it always seems to be so controversial when it really isn't. And I say that because you know who, who runs it is Marcus Lamontes. He... he he, he's a very good businessman, and anyone who watches the show and thinks he's not really should just, I don't know what to say. I think he does a great job, and I like his stores very much. As I'm an outdoors person, I like his stores. Let's go to Alex in Florida, please. Alex. 
Hey Jim, how are you? Booyah. Booyah. I wanted, I wanted to take a, I wanted to get your take on Planet Lab recently. You know, I looked at Planet Labs. Lab. I you know spent some time with the CEO, and no, I mean. It, it, these daily satellite images, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a gimmick. I'm just saying it doesn't have a big total addressable market in my take. In my take. Let's go to Michael in New York, please. Michael. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing? I am good, Michael. How about you? Great. I love your show. First Thank time you. caller. Uh, great. I want to know about the stock IRM. I love this stock. I like it. It's here. consistent. It has a good yield. And you should own the stock. David in Massachusetts. David. Hello, Mr. Gamer. How you doing today? I am good. How about you? Very well, thank you. Booyah at Booyah. you. Booyah. And, and thank you, Jim, for all your analysis and insight. I'd love to know your thoughts on a couple of stocks if possible. Sure. Applied Materials is one that's in my portfolio, and Gridstone Bio is the other. Well, I have to tell you, Applied Materials is a terrific company. A lot of people feel that the that uh, slowing, they're slowing coming in this in these uh, that part of the semis. I don't think so. I'd like Amat. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. You know what really drives me nuts? So many younger investors would rather trade short term rather than invest in a company's longer-term prospects. Something that I think could ultimately make them a lot more money. Case in point, United Parcel. Yep, big brown. Today, UPS folded nearly 29 bucks after a sensational quarter, coupled with a 49% dividend boost, one that gives the stock a nearly 3% yield, or at least it did before today's huge move. But when I look over Robinhood's recent earnings report where they show you the aggregate breakdown of investments, they're mostly younger customers, own very little common stock versus crypto. And, of course, options. Okay, Look, when you trade, not invest, but trade in options, you don't get the dividend. Plus, you might not be exposed to the stock at the moment of elation, because call options expire. Or worse, if you sold call options in the position, you capture gains. These are concepts I teach at our CNBC Investing Club every day. I always find that dividends simply aren't a part of many people's calculus. They want capital gains, and they don't care about anything else. But for me, and for my travel trust, I'd rather go for both. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. For example, we own Wells Fargo for the trust because it's a bank that's on the end. It's cutting expenses, building capital, and putting the past behind it. Good things happen to stocks like that. Good things like a surprise 25% dividend boost in the middle of last week. Like with United Parcel, I regard the dividend as the equivalent of free money. Paying you while you wait for the turnaround to kick in. Or just paying it. Good things happen to Ford where we recently woke up to a 10-cent quarterly dividend. The company had suspended its payout two years ago because of COVID. Now it's back in terrific. It, it, it's a terrific sign of how healthy Ford really is. Now, dividends are also why I have such a fondness for the oils. Last week, Chevron imported a muddled quarter, and the stock dropped quickly. We said buy. Why? Because the stock was almost yielding 4.5% at these levels, and you rarely get that kind of high yield from a dividend aristocrat, companies that reward you over time with repeated dividend boosts, like the 6% bump Chevron gave you just last week. It's a sign of strength and stability. You don't boost your dividend if you're worried about the near-term future. The oils often offer competitive yields. The charitable trust owns the highest-yielding stock in the S&P 500. You know what that is? That's Devon Energy. 
which pays a special variable dividend on top of its regular dividend. One of our favorite companies, Costco, does more than give you a dividend. Periodically, they give you a special dividend, too. I think 2022 might be one of those years where we get one, which is why we keep hanging on to the stock. Now, as prices for so many goods of all kinds go up, Costco holds the line. So the sign-ups alone will be amazing sign-ups to be club members. Of course, there's another way companies reward their shareholders, and that's buybacks. My favorite steelmaker, Nucor, repurchased 12 million shares. We saw them last week on the show, just last quarter. That's an astounding sum, given that there are only 280 million shares total. At this pace, Nucor is going to become an earnings-per-share powerhouse simply by shrinking the share count. And I think this pace is sustainable, given that they've got another $4 billion in the repurchase authorization. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Still, I typically prefer dividends over buybacks because a company can easily walk away from a buyback, whereas it's a big deal when they walk away from the dividend. Which brings me back to Robinhood. Given that they're the gateway to 20 million traders, they have a special duty to try to tell people about the benefits of diversification. That is, by the way, the only free lunch in this business. And you're not diversified if you only play around with crypto or call options. You need common stock, ideally stock in high-quality companies that make real things and provide real services and reward shareholders with dividends or buybacks or both. I know Robinhood is actually beginning to do this, and I like how they're describing all sorts of different styles of investing, maybe to tempt people away from just what has become their, some of these people's obsessions. After a rocky 12 months, they're really starting to get it right, especially with Robinhood snacks. They're extremely information, uh, extremely cool newsletter, frankly, that I know a lot of younger people read. It's got 40 million subscribers. Now they just have to hope that their customer base can take advantage of it and become better investors, not just traders. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'll find it just for you, right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.